This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by the Arcola Co-op. You're at home here on Highway 13 in Arcola. Today, Sask Wheat discusses the latest wheat market with prices moving up during the past week. We have details on the Commons Agriculture Committee hearings on food inflation, which also touched on the rising carbon tax. We also take an in-depth look at canola markets. The farm weather's in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The latest Sask Wheat market outlooks as Russian wheat continues to dominate the world wheat trade. Mercantile consulting market analyst Michael Wilton says Russia had a big crop and Russian farmers are strong sellers at current prices. In the significant purchases and trades last week, it was a big week with Saudi Arabia, Algeria, Tunisia, Jordan and Egypt all buying a total of around 2 million tons of wheat. Most of the trades last week were filled with Black Sea supplies. The Egyptian price was the lowest we have seen in recent weeks. Japan bought 73,000 tons of food-grade wheat from the US, Canada, and Australia in their weekly tender. And US weekly wheat sales were strong at 336.7 thousand tons. Total U.S. exports are 650 million bushels, which is only down 5% from last year. In some of the most important news that happened last week, the International Grains Council put global wheat production at a record high of 801 million tons for the 2022-23 season. The increase was driven by more production in Kazakhstan, Australia, India, and the European Union. Global ending stocks were put 5 million tons higher than last month at 286 million tons. The International Grains Council released their first estimates for the upcoming 23-24 growing season. They put global wheat production at 787 million tons, which is 2% less than the previous year. Most of the decrease in global wheat production was in exporting countries, led by a 20% decrease in Ukraine, 13% less production in Russia, and 29% less production in Australia. We think that most of the International Grains Council's production estimates are reasonable, but they are likely at the high end of what is possible. Their number for the Black Sea are higher than some of the estimates we've heard from local analysts, and their estimates for Australia and India, while possible, do not give much room for the potential impact of the forecasted El Nino. In Canada, while future prices crashed over the week, average basis levels have cushioned the fall in cash prices in the Canadian prairies. Future prices have fallen roughly 60 cents since the beginning of February, while cash prices have fallen just 40 cents on average. The strength in basis levels were largely because of the depreciating Canadian dollar, 
relatively cheap export prices off the West Coast, and strong demand for Canadian wheat. Canadian wheat exports remain strong, as there was another 520,000 tons of wheat exported during week 32. This brings the season total to 12.3 million tons, up 69% from last year compared to the AAFC's 57% increase. Average weekly exports need to be about 350,000 tons per week to meet the AAFC's 19.3 million ton export number. Wheat deliveries were also strong and will allow the export pace to remain steady. For Durham, Durham exports for week 32 were 76,000 tons, which is in line with the average pace needed to meet the AAFC's 4.8 million ton export number. The average export pace per to date is 104.6,000 tons per week. Although we are entering the spring shipping season, when exports tend to pick up, Shipping out of the Great Lakes usually resumes in late March. There is not enough Durham supply to maintain the current export pace. With that said, producer deliveries were 131,000 tons last week, causing an increase in visible supply. Most of the stocks are in primary elevators, but there is 120,000 tons in the Vancouver terminals. Wilton says 53% of the U.S. winter wheat crop remains in drought condition, with the worst hit areas including Kansas and Nebraska. He also has an update on wheat production in war-torn Ukraine. In the Black Sea, there are reports that farmers in Ukraine only have about 35% of the crop protection products they need. A lack of money is making sourcing all the crop inputs needed difficult. Initial estimates are that total grain production could fall to 34 million tons compared to 54 million tons last year and the record 86 million ton crop in 2021. The International Grains Council has their estimate for Ukraine's upcoming wheat crop at 20.2 million tons, which is 20% less than last year. Russia's state agency Rostat estimates that their 2022-23 crop was 104 million tons compared to the USDA's 92 million ton estimate and the IGC's 95 million ton number. Russia's actual production is probably closer to 100 million tons. The International Grains Council put Russia's 2023-24 crop down 13% from the previous year at 83 million tons. In the coming week, Russian wheat continues to dominate the wheat trade. Russian farmers had a big crop and they're strong sellers at these prices. With a new wheat crop coming shortly in Europe, we presently don't see any independent strength in wheat. The wheat market will follow corn, which in the short term will be a function of the pace of U.S. export sales. We are sold out on current crop wheat and will wait on weather developments before selling additional new crop. Michael Wilton of Mercantile Consulting compiles the weekly market report for the Sasquheat website. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Spalley on 620 CKRM. The Commons Agriculture Committee continues to look at factors leading to record high food prices in recent months. The latest Stats Can report came out this morning, showing that food prices were 10.6% higher in February than during the same month a year ago. That's the seventh consecutive month of double-digit inflation numbers when it comes to food. Last night, the committee heard from several speakers, including Nori Nickel. She's the CEO of a group called Second Harvest, which works to rescue perfectly edible food from being tossed into the garbage. 
Most of their work is with grocery stores across the nation. But Nickel told the committee that as many Canadians struggle to put food on the table, a lot of what they buy is being tossed out sooner than it should, thanks to best before dates. Here's part of her presentation. The desperation that is being felt by Canadians across this country as people are simply trying to survive and they don't have the means to make ends meet. And as Neil said, for many of them, for the first time ever, these are people with full-time jobs. So this committee faces a very difficult question. How can our government fix this? So in addition to the recommendations I made in October to bring back the Emergency Food Security Fund and the Surplus Food Rescue Program, I recommend that this committee investigate the impact that eliminating best before dates would have on Canadians. Best before dates are wildly, wildly misunderstood. They are not expiry dates. They refer to a product's peak freshness. So while Canadians struggle to put food on the table, they are also convinced that best before dates are about safety and will throw away perfectly good food to protect themselves and their families. Eliminating best before dates would prevent safe consumable food from being thrown out, saving Canadians money on their grocery bills. And while the issues of food affordability and growing food insecurity are complex and require long-term solutions to resolve, there is more that we can do right now to ensure that millions of vulnerable Canadians are not going hungry. That's Lori Nickel with Second Harvest Canada appearing before the Commons Agriculture Committee last night. Franco Terrazano with the Canadian Taxpayers Federation used much of his speech on food inflation to condemn the government's carbon tax. He says while the federal government might not be able to control world oil prices, they do have full control over how much Canadians are taxed at a time when they can least afford it. The more you tax, the less money Canadians have to afford higher groceries. And if you think that you can raise taxes, skim some off the top, and still make people better off through rebates, then I have some Ocean View property in Regina to sell you. The carbon tax will cost the average family between $402 and $847 this year, even after the rebates. That's according to the PBO. That could be a couple weeks of groceries for a family four, but it's being taxed away. Liberal MP Leah Taylor-Roy was critical of Terrazano's stance, saying the price on carbon was only a small percentage of the overall rise in gas prices over the past couple years. It's less than, you know, 3% of the increase of the total price increase. So why is it that you are saying the entire problem lies with the price on pollution, the carbon price on pollution? Oh, it's not the entire problem. You also saw the Bank of Canada print hundreds of billions of dollars right out of thin air. So it's not the only, so it's not the only problem. I mean, look, the whole point no, but, of the carbon tax, the whole no, point I, I of the carbon excuse tax. Excuse me, I'm asking a specific Sorry, question I about I the price on pollution. The debate over the cause of food inflation continues. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. We have a new farm feature called AgReview with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Canadian National Railway and the union representing its mechanics and intermodal and clerical workers have reached a tentative labour deal averting a potential strike. CN, Unifor Local 100, and Unifor Council 4000 announced yesterday they have reached four new tentative collective agreements to cover about 3,000 railway employees who had voted earlier this month in favour of strike action. The employees were in a position to strike as early as today if 72 hours notice had been given, 
But Unifor said in a separate statement Saturday its team had decided to continue negotiating with CN in Montreal through the weekend. The company and union both said no details of the tentative deals would be released publicly until ratification votes are completed. Unifor said yesterday those votes will be held in the near future. CN and CP Rail supplied a combined 88% of hopper cars ordered in Grain Week 32, an improvement from the previous week's 76%, and the best performance seen for the two railways combined since Week 4 in late August. The improvement in performance reflects improved performance for each of CN and CP for the second consecutive week. In supplying 93% of hopper cars ordered on time in Week 32, CN's order fulfillment performance improved from the 82% order fulfillment performance seen in Week 31. This marks the first time in 17 weeks since Week 15 in early November that CN has supplied 90% or more of cars ordered in a week. CP order fulfillment performance also improved this week, with the railway supplying 83% of cars ordered, an improvement from the 70% order fulfillment performance seen in week 31. This marks the 27th consecutive week that CP has fallen short of the 90% performance threshold, and the first time in eight weeks that it has supplied at least 80% of cars ordered in a week. Compared to last week, Western Canadian yearling and calf markets were quoted steady to $5 higher on average. Strength was noted in southern Alberta. In the Lethbridge area, prices for lighter flesh replacements were up by as much as $10 from seven days earlier. Larger supplies of backgrounded cattle are coming on the market at this time of year. However, finishing feedlots were extremely aggressive on quality replacements. The steer heifer spread appeared to narrow this past week, which isn't uncommon when prices are near historical highs. The feeder market has been trending higher and waiting isn't an option. Feedlot operators who were holding out for a price correction finally threw in the towel and sent just get em type orders to their local buyers. Dairy Farmers of Canada, or DFC, has released its Net Zero by 2050 Best Management Practices Guide to Mitigate Emissions on Dairy Farms. The guide will help Canadian dairy farmers contribute to reaching net zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2050, an ambitious goal set by DFC last year. Working towards this target confirms that the dairy sector is part of the country's solutions to tackle climate change and ensures that consumers can continue enjoying dairy products made with 100% Canadian milk for years to come. DFC's Best Practices Guide has been developed in consultation with experts to help farmers identify and implement best management practices on their farm, including an overview of 30 opportunities for reducing emissions, increasing carbon sequestration, and improving overall environmental sustainability. DFC is working with greenhouse gas reduction specialists federal and provincial governments, dairy stakeholders, and most importantly farmers on strategies that can be applied at the farm level to reduce and sequester emissions as they strive for continuous improvement. A study in the journal Nature Climate Change concludes that continuing today's dietary patterns will push Earth past the 1.5 degrees Celsius limit of warming sought under the Paris Climate Agreement 
to avoid the worst effects of climate change. The study found the majority of diet-related greenhouse gas emissions come from three major sources, meat from animals like cows, sheep and goats, dairy, and rice. All emit large amounts of methane in the way they are currently farmed. The study offered some ways to change global food production and consumption that could limit warming, such as eating less meat and adopting mandatory food waste recycling programs. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Partly cloudy today with light winds and a high of minus 9. 30% chance of light snow tonight. Some fog patches could develop overnight. The low, minus 17. Wednesday, partly cloudy. Winds up to 15 kilometers per hour tomorrow. The high, minus 7. The low, minus 19. Thursday, sunny and finally a little milder with a high forecast of minus 3. The low, minus 13. Friday, sunny. The high, minus 2. The low, minus 9. Saturday, cloudy. The high, minus 7. The low, minus 10. Sunday, partly cloudy with a high minus 2, the low minus 11. Monday, partly cloudy with a high of minus 3. Normal high is plus 3 for this date. The normal low for this date, minus 10. The sun rose at 7 o'clock this morning. It sets at 7.11 tonight. And currently in the province, the hot spot is Cypress Hills in the southwest corner at minus 2. The cold spot is Kindersley at minus 14. Estevan is minus 10, Saskatoon minus 9, Swift Current minus 10, Weyburn minus 11, Yorkton minus 9. Sunny in Regina, it's minus 12, that's 10 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southeast at 23. Humidity is 72%, the barometric pressure dropping this hour, it's at 101.9. Some light snow in Moose Jaw, minus 11 degrees, winds are from the east-southeast at 9. Once again, Regina, sunny in minus 12, that's 10 Fahrenheit. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada. Before seeding your canola, peas, or lentils, maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougall Auctioneers, mcdougallauctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. A Saskatchewan farm leader is again condemning the rising federal carbon tax in Ottawa with the Commons Agriculture Committee. The federal government is planning to raise the federal carbon tax again on April 1st, with additional increases planned each year until 2030. A past president, Ian Boxall, told the Agriculture Committee the increases will mean prairie farmers will incur a growing debt load. It will have a huge impact. $150,000 on a 5,000-acre farm, that's, that's unfathomable that we will get there on a carbon tax alone. Um, it it kind of makes my skin crawl to think that that's where we will be and, and then to be turned around and, and not recognized for the work that is done 
you know, ensuring that we have proper grasslands and that we have proper farm management of our soil. Farmers are the biggest stewards of the land in this country, and we care more about the environment than we ever get credit for. And it, it really is, it's, it's going to be detrimental to farmers. Meanwhile, third reading of Bill 234 is scheduled in the Commons next week. If that bill passes, it would exempt propane and natural gas from the federal carbon tax when used on farm for drying grain or heating barns. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com Grain market analyst Neil Townsend says markets remain quite volatile this spring. Townsend says the European market seems to be pushing canola downward in price. Canola's definitely been under pressure. Wheat has actually kind of reversed what was a long-term sort of slide downwards and it started to sort of trend up in the last while. So we put back about, you know, 40 cents from sort of a, call it a contract low. Are we going to get back to $9 like on the, you know, the May spring wheat futures in, in Minneapolis? I mean, you know, there's a chance we can. And longer term, I would say that I'm a little bit optimistic on wheat just because, uh, you know, we are grinding through a lot of the supply right now. We're going to end this year with narrower stocks and what I call the big eight exporters. And then we'll start to, you know, move our focus much more from the immediate where there is a lot of sort of like cheaper wheat being sold around the world into, you know, what's what's the wheat world going to look like in 23, 24? And people might kind of make an evaluation there and say that, oh, you know, supplies are getting a little bit tighter from the big eight exporters led by Russia and Ukraine having collectively less wheat. You know, maybe we should get some more coverage and maybe we'll see prices grind higher then. Yeah, this 60-day extension this past week uh, that was announced for the Ukraine and Russian grain movement, what does that mean to the marketplace? I think that's a case of where, you know, people have put a lot of importance on it, and I don't think it's actually important, but if people think it's important, then it's important. And I think, you know, people were very concerned that there would be no agreement and that that would sort of, you know, stall out wheat being able to be, you know, come flow out of Ukraine um, and, and trade it accordingly. I think in actual fact, what people should be focusing on much more than the, the grain agreement is the fact that, you know, Collectively, between Russia and Ukraine, production is going to be, you know, down by about 20 to 30 million tons and exportable surplus is going to be down by 10 to 20 million tons in 23-24. So even with a corridor, uh, you know, there's just going to be less volume behind that corridor, in particular in wheat, because, you know, wheat was, you know, they didn't plant as much wheat in, uh, in Ukraine and they weren't able to fertilize it to the extent that they normally would have because they were, you know, short on supplies that. So, you know, we're going to wait to see what the actual production is. And then in the Russian standpoint, if they, if we say that they had a 105 million ton crop, you know, the Russian analysts themselves are saying that they're in somewhere in the 86 to 88 million tons. So we're talking about, you know, a 15 to 17 million ton decline there, which is pretty significant and will, will hinder them from being able to export in the volume that they exported this, this past year. So the price outlook this spring and summer? Well, it's sort of like we've got to remember relativity. It's a key word. I'm optimistic about wheat. I think wheat is going to be a winner in 23-24. I think that if there's weather circumstances that threaten the crop in Canada and the U.S. or the European Union or elsewhere, 
you know, the market should be very sensitive to that. But because of relativity, like, you know, wheat could gain, but actually still end up at a lower price. Whereas this year, wheat was sort of like the loser versus corn and soybeans. Wheat could be the winner next year, and but still be, you know, a loser overall. And the key variable that would change all that is U.S. corn yield. And if U.S. corn yield hits 181.5, as the USDA is currently estimating based on their February outlook conference and some longer term work they did, I mean, you know, it's going to be a reversion to mean year, meaning that, you know, prices are going to be more what they were in 2016, 17, 18 than what they've been over the last few years. So I'd watch very carefully the weather circumstances in, uh, you know, U.S. and what the yield outlook would be. Now, 181.5 would be an all-time record by, you know, four or five bushels an acre. So, you know, it is, you have to do a mental leap to get there. But I want people to understand that it's well within the realm of possibility. Um, But we're going to have to watch it very carefully. And I think something around, if if the yield looks like it's going to be 176 or 177, then the marketplace will have a good starting point to be similar to what we experienced this year. And the other aspect that we'd have to watch very closely would be just, you know, demand signals from countries like China, which have been very positive lately and uh, could be positive again for, for Canadian canola going forward. Uh, but, you know, there also can be variable, like sometimes they can turn the tap off and that would be bad for uh, for business. Neil Townsend is a chief market analyst with FarmLink Marketing Solutions. Here's the market updates with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Market update brought to you by Freeze Tallman Lumber. Since 1956, Freeze Tallman has been your trusted building material supplier for every type of project. Freeze Tallman in Regina and Fort Capel. Also brought to you by Sask Pork and Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Nelson GM in Assiniboine and Avonlea. Looking for the perfect vehicle? They'll find a match that exactly fits your agriculture lifestyle. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years. Grain prices at Viterra were mixed in early trading. Canola rose 90 cents at 729.92. Yellow peas fell 514 at 422.04. One red spring wheat gained 343 at 394.41. The rest were unchanged. Durham 458.38. Feed barley 362.58. Chickpeas 1058.22. Flax 566.98. Lentils 768.50. Oats 215.32. Feed wheat 289.56. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for May is down 3 cents at 8.48 and a half cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock, 842-4574. And now, the latest Livestock Quotes. This is the market report for the Weyburn Livestock Exchange for the week of March 21st. Our last regular sale is on March 15th. The butcher market is still strong. D1 and D2 cows sold from $1.19 to $1.39. D2 cows sold from $1 to $1.18. Counter cows sold from $0.80 cents to $1. Hefret sold from $1.79 to $1.94. And good butcher bulls sold from $1.35 to $1.67. We had a pre-sorted sale on March 13th. 
Most consigners couldn't make it in due to the storm, but that didn't affect the market at all. 500 to 550 pound steers averaged three dollars and twenty-five cents and sold at the three dollars and forty-nine cents. 550 to 600 pound steers averaged three dollars and twenty-five cents and sold at the three dollars and forty-six cents. 600 to 650 pound steers averaged three dollars and ten cents and sold at the three dollars and thirty-one cents. 650 to 700 pound steers averaged two dollars and ninety-eight cents and sold at the three dollars and nineteen cents. 700 to 800 pound steers averaged two dollars and eighty-nine cents and sold at the three dollars and eight cents. 800 to 900 pound steers averaged two dollars and sixty-nine cents and sold up to two dollars and eighty-two cents. And steers over 900 pounds averaged two dollars and fifty-four cents and sold up to two dollars and sixty-seven cents. Heifers were about forty cents back from the steers. This has been Stephanie Digg reporting from the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, the market that gets cattle and the prices too. The livestock quotes have been brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Now the latest pork quotes, 198.25 per CKG. Coming up, the resource report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the resource report. Brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. CN Rail has reached a tentative contract with the union representing mechanics, intermodal, and clerical workers. CN and Unifor have announced four new collective agreements covering 3,000 railway employees who had voted earlier this month in favor of strike action. The employees were in a position to strike as early as next Tuesday if 72 hours notice had been given. Details of the tentative agreement will not be released until ratification votes are held. No word on when that will occur. The two sides had been negotiating since October with all the collective agreements expiring at the end of December. On the markets, the TSX is up 153 points at 19,672. The Dow has gained 173 points to 32,417. Oil has risen $1 at 68.82 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is at 72.80 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and good farm. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of the broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news, on your voice for everything ag, 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.